Today's Daily DVR Does Big Little Lies is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Man, I am so happy to hear that so many people are using our code DVR20. Use code DVR20 and go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Save on some awesome ties, cufflinks, belts, handkerchiefs, so much great stuff, all high quality, NCAA, NFL, NBA, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, plus all great designers that you know and love. It's high quality products at cufflinks.com slash DVR. Go there today. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Big Little Lies Season 2. My name is Axel, my co-host is Jenny, of course, and you can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com. You can also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dvr. Today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 3 of Big Little Lies, entitled The End of the World, directed by Andrea Arnold, written by David E. Kelly again. You can send your feedback to dvrpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I want to say a thank you to Shaughnessy9, me012959, Chocolate Cake Pops, and Drew0275 for the amazing iTunes reviews. Thank you so much. And really thanks everyone uh, for subscribing. We've had such an amazing response and it really feels wonderful and great and we appreciate it. Uh, on Monday, I'm going to be dropping the first Veronica Mars podcast with Ken. So we're recording tomorrow. So look for that. Just search Veronica Mars, however you get podcasts, and you're going to find it next Monday. Subscribe and all that. So that's my little intro. Let's say hi to Jenny. Jenny, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you, Axel? I'm doing good. What did you think of the episode? I didn't have any real strong feelings about this episode. Um, it kind of felt that field felt like a placeholder more than anything to me. I mean, we got a little bit of extra background, but, and, and some chat between the ladies, but I don't feel that it moved the story a whole lot. You know, it was an interesting episode and it felt, uh, I still enjoyed it. So right? did like, I. At no point was I bored. At no, no point was I like, what's this dumb scene? Or I don't want to see this. It was just that you're right. It almost felt like a B side. Yeah, when I was when I went back to take the notes, because um, I watch it on Sunday night and then I rewatch it on Monday and take my notes. And when I went to take my notes and I was writing down the scene stuff, I was just like, I I didn't hate this episode or anything, but I just don't feel like it did a whole lot for anything. So hopefully. Yeah. There are bits and pieces, hidden little gems hidden in this episode that we'll see. Oh, okay. Okay. I see why they brought that up then. You know, I, I'm hoping for that. It, I, like I said, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed the episode while I was watching it, but it just seemed a little odd as far as trying to give any kind of analysis about it. Yeah. It felt like, I mean, I definitely think that we had character development and we had some movement in that respect. Not too much along the lines of the plot, but I will say that let's just take a little, you know, little trip down memory lane to last week when it was bombshell after bombshell. You know what I mean? So in right, a right, sense, right. I almost feel like they could have, they could have put the, and I wonder in the writer's room when they're kind of plotting out the season, do they look at this and they say, okay, 
maybe we should put the reveal to Ed in episode in this episode, right? Mm-hmm. And then just put the parentage reveal in the last episode. So you're kind of separating it because mm-hmm. you, th- because that led to so much other stuff. You had the discussion with Mary Louise and Celeste, which was like, what the hell? You know, like right. there was so much, but it seemed like this episode, they had almost spent a lot of that capital and they were kind of a little bit recovering. And really the highlight to me of this episode. Of the aftermath. Yes, the aftermath. And it really the only big dramatic thing here was Madeline's breakdown to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Which was also wonderful. Right. But- it, it really was. But I saw that coming a mile away. How about yeah. you? <laughs> of course. <laughs> when, when he called her up there, I was like, oh. This is going to be really That's bad. like, but that I think, you know, um, I can't remember. I think my wife said it to me that um, she was like, that's why he asked her to come up. I, you know, like I mean, he kind of could As feel, far as like story, yeah. yes. But I mean, I think he just, he's through with her. They've already butted heads <laughs> a few times and, and your wife may very well be right, but I mean, he's just like, he heard her specifically and he knew her voice because he's dealt with her so many times in the past. He knew that was her. And he's like, oh, well, we'll just go ahead and call you on up here first. And she's like, why me? And he's like, because you're such a blah, 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 you know, dedicated, whatever. I don't remember what he said. And I did. I thought about writing it down, but I did not take note of that. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite a scene. Uh, all right, let's let's kind of let's dive into it. We're already talking about it. Um, right. First off, in your fantastic notes, and I hope everyone's going to DVRpodcast.com where you can read all of Jenny's notes. Uh, Bonnie's mom is a character named Elizabeth Howard, played by Crystal R. Fox. So now we know. Uh, yeah, I noted that because last week we were trying to determine <laughs> who she was. So it's good to know, so, though. We should know the names. We are. Doing we can a still keep calling her Bonnie's mom. Yeah, but, that's true. Because uh, I don't think anybody specifically said her name. And on functionally, the show. that works. You know, I right, mean, we don't want to take away from her as a as a character. But exactly. But last week it was consistent. I mean, we had a lot to say about her, and it was just consistently Bonnie's mom, and we couldn't even find her in the credits, <laughs> or I couldn't anyway on IMDb. And then there she was this week, and I was like, okay. That's her. But there yeah, is a, anyway. I was going to say, I was going to try like a Bonnie's mom has got it going on kind of joke there, <laughs> but it, it, it was playing in my head. All right. So we start off with another episode kind of starting off with like memories, you know, um, and of that. And night, I always want to say reveries because yes. of Westworld. <laughs> no, but that's great. You're, you know what? You're right in a sense because we don't know what to trust. Mm-hmm. You know, like she has these memories. And as we see, one theme of this episode is how to remember, you know, like you decide how you remember, right? Like mm-hmm. objectively something exists, but it's your emotionality, your processing, and you're writing your own story going forward that you decide, did my adoring husband who sometimes beat me, unfortunately, you know, happen? Or did my deadbeat husband who was an animal and you know to our whole family and pass it on to my children dot you know so it's like her Mm -hmm. own kind of memories but the one thing i want to notice is it was cool how you saw them planning it out Mm -hmm. like do you know what i mean 
Actually, I when you put that in the notes, I before we started recording, I had to go back and watch it again because I was like, what is he talking about? And I watched it and I was like, yeah, there were. Yep. So right after, because um, Bonnie's remembering and she, she starts her memory like with him falling down the stairs and being dead at the bottom of the stairs. And then it cuts to the women up there and Celeste is talking to Bonnie right in her face. And then Madeline's talking to Bonnie right there in her face, but you don't hear any sound of what it is. And then she looks back to Perry laying at the bottom of the stairs and then like it reverses in action and he rolls up the stairs and then she cuts back to the present. Yeah. Yeah, good one. That was awesome. I, I had to good rewatch job. it. I just rewatched it a little, like twenty minutes. Well, twenty minutes before we started chatting. So that's why it's fresh in my memory. I was like, "Oh, that was pretty." That yes, we had not seen that before, and I don't know what to think about it. It was really interesting because it put the focus on the everyone turning to Bonnie and crafting a plan and especially yes. Madeline and then mm-hmm. Celeste joining yep. in. Yeah. So like it harkens back to that first episode. And I think even last episode where, um, where Bonnie said to her, you know, I shouldn't have gone along with your plan. And it's like, we hadn't seen that before. So that's kind of new footage. And I found that to be kind of interesting. Like, is she having guilt feelings? Like is, right. is what she, what I wonder is, is this journey that Mary Louise is kind of pushing everyone on, it's not only to expose like this lie, but she's making them feel guilty. <laughs> I think working. Bonnie was already feeling that way <laughs> yeah, but it's, from what everybody yeah, said, but I don't think the rest of them were feeling guilty because they felt like he deserved it, though I think Celeste was dealing with her own emotions, not necessarily guilt, but possibly some guilt but more all the other stuff maybe just, just for the lie fresh again. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true or maybe just for like the lie you know what i mean like she's thinking like her dreams are bringing her back to the um conspiracy mm-hmm. that's interesting um then we have uh madeline at counseling with ed yes and it's the same counselor. By the way, because I was, I uh, saw, I was just putting the TV on something yesterday. Did you watch Deadwood? Yes, it's yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I watched it and I rewatched it recently, and then I watched the movie, and I just realized yesterday that <laughs> the therapist is Calamity Jane. Yes, yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> She's in a lot of HBO stuff. I know, but she's so different as the therapist and as Jane. I mean, so, so, so different. It's like, oh my goodness, that's her. Anyway. But it's funny you should mention that because I felt particularly in this episode, kind of in the vein, I guess, of Deadwood, that she was so raw in both of the sessions that she had with She really was. She like called them to the carpet. Man, I said to my wife, now I have been to a bunch of therapy in my life. I have never encountered a therapist that was that aggressive. And she, she's, well, I guess she was kind of aggressive with Celeste last season, but we probably looked at it differently because we had seen Celeste in this abusive relationship and being beaten by this man. And so we're all like 
with the therapist, like, leave. But also, Celeste was you giving it. You need to leave. You yeah, need to leave. Celeste was Get a like place, giving move it out. to her. You know what I mean? Like, Celeste was giving it back to her, but I felt in these oh, th- these two situations. Right. It felt different, yes, though, because yeah. of I, – I really do think it was because of the different situations. Because, I mean, even with Celeste in the later scene with the therapist – Dr. Amanda, whatever. <laughs> we'll just call her Dr. Amanda. How about we try that? That's okay. <laughs> um, I felt like even in the the scene with Celeste later, while she was aggressive, it was a different aggressive than she had been with Celeste last season. She was trying to get her to, you know, really feel her feelings more than like last year. She was d- the practicality of get your ass out of there. So she's very versatile. Dr. Amanda is. <laughs> she was, and she got to the heart. I like this. I thought this was kind of, she got, she kind of got into stuff about the kid and her not going to, co- not going to she college. Did. She did. She did. She, she was like, you know, do you see yourself as a failure? And then, yeah. or whatever it was. And then, you know, later on when Madeline's talking to Abigail and she's like, she said, blah, blah, blah. Like it was, and then Abigail's like, well, mom. Yeah. Really? <laughs> She's probably right. And she called Ed out. Yes. I, I thought that was interesting. To, oh, it was, it, that was a good scene. I should have taken better notes on it. But she did. She called them both out. She called Madeline out. She called Ed out. Uh, then she came back at Madeline. She asked about her first marriage. And then she asked about her parents' marriage, which then leads to Celeste and Madeline's conversation later. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was... um yeah, because like last year, a lot of the therapy stuff was her trying to get just basically get Celeste to admit stuff, you know, like come to reality. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of like the therapeutic, like discover things you didn't realize kind of st- therapy, which it can be more like invasive, you know. And I thought it was just a great scene and it was a lot of fun. And I thought Ed's reactions. I thought I just think Adam Scott is killing it this season, like letting him be a little bit more mean, and you know, just the, uh, this other scene too, where he get where when she gets mad at him having coffee with Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really like him, but that was a great scene. Um, did you have anything else about that scene you wanted to say? No, I'll agree with you that. Uh, would you say his name is Adam Scott? Yeah, he's done. He's done an amazing job. <clears throat> I like Excuse him. me. Is Ed this season? Yes. Bonnie walking on the beach. Uh, this was interesting. And is Bonnie going to die and drown this season or what? I'm kind of feeling that with you. <laughs> right? uh, you know, because in the scene, she's in, it looks like she's in a pool with her mom, but then the later flashback, she's at the beach. So I'm assuming she's in the ocean with her mother, even though it looks like a pool. But her mom's trying to talk to her about, you know, learning to go underwater and what she needs to do. And Bonnie tells her she doesn't want to. And then when it flashes back to it, it just, the look on her mother's face as she dunks her under, it's like Mm. it, it, and it's probably because it's Bonnie's memory. (laughs) And, you know, we all remember things a little differently and especially when we're children. And so maybe she's remembering it a little differently than what had actually happened. Maybe her mom really was just dunking her under to get her used to it. And it was all fine. But the look that actually occurred on scene uh, on screen, I'm sorry, um, with her mother, her mother looked evil when she just 
dunked her under really fast and it just was awful looking. And then it flashed back to Bonnie and, and then it flashed to the car conversation. So it was, it was a little intense. It was, it was, I like, um, I like that they still have this kind of stuff in this show. Um, there's less of, you know, with the exclusion of the police stuff from last season and um, also the exclusion of the mystery, we have less. Uh, I, I thought that there would be almost maybe none of these kind of flashes things that they were doing. These almost um, tone pictures, like, you know, just like letting images fly and mm-hmm. kind of you you feel them. But they're using them to great effect still. And I think because uh, what's his name? Jean-Marc Valley is still part of the editing team and part of the production. And um, I just thought overall, I like it's that kind of stuff that sets this show apart for to a certain extent. And I like that they're still doing that. Right. There's a lot of visual appeal. Yeah. And it gives you a mood. Um, And speaking of that, we have the first of two car conversations with Madeline and Celeste. And I want to note that it's all shot from the back seat. Um, they've never attached a camera to the side of the car when they when people are driving, they've never gone, uh, they've never done it where the camera is looking through a window, but the sound is, um, as though you were inside the car, which a lot of film and television does. They usually shoot from the back seat handheld and it feels very personal and it feels very secret and it makes the car feel smaller. And I just love this technique that they did it twice in this episode. What did you think of the conversation that they had? Well, I think that it started with um, Madeline and Ed's session and the toward the end of what they showed anyway um, with Dr. Amanda and Madeline being asked about her parents and for whatever reason, they start this conversation between Madeline and Celeste with Madeline telling Celeste about having caught her father having sex with a woman, not her mother, when she was three or four years old. And her dad told her that there are things your mother doesn't need to know. And Madeline kept that secret. So it was like, I don't know, I guess maybe showing Madeline's background on keeping secrets for all of her life that like those are things I'm not sure exactly what that was all about other than that's her relationship with her parents but then it goes back into Celeste trying to console Madeline telling her well Ed's not going to leave you Uh, then Madeline asks her about the Ambien Celeste tells her that she felt like she was a better mother when she and Perry were still together um and because she doesn't have any, any joy to, to model for them any longer. And it was just, it was, a had a lot of stuff in it, a lot of baggage feeling stuff to that conversation. <laughs> Another therapy session. <laughs> right. Yeah. But again, with this takes me back to like, I'm not sure how it's moving the story forward. And maybe it is in a way that I don't know about. And I do like knowing a little more about their past, but I, I, I want to know why Madeline's father cheating on her mother has to do with this. Is that why she cheated on Ed? Um, like, I, yeah, I don't I think know. In, yeah, I think in a way it's like power dynamics, right? Like mm-hmm. 
she has always sought to reverse that dynamic. You see her first husband, obviously, is kind of a nothing guy. I mean, he's super handsome, right? Mm -hmm. But he's like, you know, not much there. He's a one-note guy. Yeah, as Bonnie's mom said, right? And and, um, even though um, Ed is a – I think Ed is probably a cooler guy, their relationship is one in which he just basically worships her. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I thought that was interesting, but you're right. Not a lot of plot, but I like the character development. I just thought it was an interesting, they, I I kind of like that they take the time to add this, you know, and it allows them to act and it's believable. And it was, I thought it was just a beautiful little scene, though. I would agree with you that overall this episode, you know, the plot isn't being furthered too much by this, but it does <laughs> no. show that they're both. In this split, like I think all of our characters are are getting worse, you know. Yes, except for Bonnie. Bonnie yeah, which, actually which seems to improve this episode. <laughs> I have a theory about that. I have a theory. Okay, about good. That. I can't wait to hear it. Um, but and I think that the, it's it's inverse. Um, okay, I'll just say it. I think Bonnie told her mom what happened. And I think that's why she seems so relieved and why she's singing with the mom now and the daughter. That makes a lot of sense. I think she unburdened herself to her mother. And whether or not her mother is the one who eventually confronts Mary Louise, which I'm starting to think, I like that. Um, That's what I think. I like that. And that could be to the detriment, obviously, of all the other women. Right. Um. Okay. Wow. Well, you made this a whole lot better. There you go. And I mean, I love this show. And I did, like I said, I didn't hate this episode. I was just like at a loss over this episode. I was like, it was short and I'm not really sure what I learned from it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? In essence. Notice that Bonnie was markedly better this episode. Yeah, definitely. I think of it in terms of the streaming week to week thing too. It's interesting, you know, we're covering this and hell, when I look back, like people are still listening to old episodes of shows. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, when you're streaming this, this will probably be like a dip that kind of gets you ready for something happening next episode. That's how I feel. Like we had a bombshells, bombshells. Mm -hmm. Now, next episode, we might be going into something because look, there's only seven episodes. Right. So. Um, Most definitely. This now this pissed me off. Mary Louise basically ambushes Jane at work. This yeah. fucking excuse my French, as Lachlan says sometimes, <laughs> when he says like "darn it." Um, this really pissed me off. I mean, I was like, this was like me watching the last episode of Handmaid's Tale. I was like, I haven't are, seen it yet, so you okay. can't spoil. Just frustrating. Like, are you kidding me? Like. But man, Jane Jane held it together. She is really something else this season. And I just I I wish they had shown her with the therapist or like how is it just that the death unburdened her so much and the truth now and she really was kind of a very together person because not Honestly, everybody Honestly, I know? think she must have been a yeah. very together person yep. or been a compartmentalizer because to be able to deal with having been raped and raising the child that was a product of that rape for five years, almost six years before she had figured out who it was um, and keeping it together. Like she had her moments, like when she took that little trip to 
wherever it was. I it's right on the tip of my brain, but I can't remember to see that man that she thought might be the one who had assaulted her. Yes. She kept it together even in that situation, but True. it was really hard for her in that situation, yeah. but she's held it together for so long. Like, I think that, yes, the relief has just made it that much easier because she had been keeping it together and put together for quite some yeah, time. She's something else. That, she I has would, a lot of practice. I, I would I would have, uh, yeah, not. Oh, I, I yeah. have that strength. She was um, understandably offended. <laughs> and great, yeah, a great, just great acting, too, on her on her behalf this season, too. Um, she really shines in this show. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and God, Meryl Streep. She's amazing. The way she, it's like the way she acts, I don't know how to describe that. I expect this character, even each time she speaks to be a caricature of a, of an old kind of crazy mom, mm-hmm. but she finds a way to make it so real that it's both real, but entirely recognizable and believable, but still crazy. You know, it's just, it's. Yeah, because she's, well, when she speaks to Jane, yeah, when Jane is, um, Jane is all offended, Mary Louise semi apologizes and then says, you know, basically that she's just trying to come to terms with the fact that this, that's, the person she knew and raised her son had abused his wife and had possibly raped a woman. And when you put it in those logical, rational terms, like a person who is logical and rational, like Jane's character, well, the character of Jane is, is going to see that and try to come back around and, and get, cut you some slack because they realize that you're in pain because you've lost your son. And so I'll cut you a little bit of slack, but then she just turns it right the fuck back around on Jane. When Jane's like, you know, I know he's the one that did this. He, I know he is my son's father because he's the only one that I have been with. And and then Mary Louise throwing that shade. Oh my God. That and you like, recall. Oh, and also like, you know, the thing about maybe she was roofied in the past or that she was, uh, you know, sleeping around. Just the, the implications there, but the, also just the, the tact that she uses. You're right. It's like she she's a master manipulator. She always matches the person she's with. That's- Maybe that's where her son got it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And you just, the, the result is different, right? But the, the methodology is the same. Yes. Um, the classroom scene with the kids, this was, <laughs> this was sad. I mean, having a little kid the same age as, as these and me thinking about climate change and stuff like that. I mean, this also took a turn, right? Like I wasn't expecting like it was that it became so climate changey. Right. It's like, you know how many showers it takes? They all knew. Yeah, they all knew. It was very indoctrinated. How many gallons of water does it take to process that pig? Yeah. It's, it was like, I I felt like they were in some dystopian future where they only had a certain amount of water. But then again, they may be. Um, I liked that the kids, though, our kids, you know, he's like, oh, what a tangled web we weave. And then Ziggy's like, well, Charlotte didn't say that. She just said some pig. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Chloe's like, I think he's, I, I think she was probably just rebranding Wilbur. I mean, I was cracking up at oh, that, man. those lines. But then, yes, he goes into the the lesson about sustainability and finally freaking realizes Amabella's over there freaking basically seizing out in the closet. Yep. Like, 
what in the world? <laughs> it, that that was weird. Yeah, I didn't quite understand what was happening for a second. I and I I appreciate the way they shot it with like just the the sound and then the legs sticking out. Yes. Um, and then kind of his face and the whole thing, like the room was dark. It was a weird, it was interestingly shot and it seemed, I don't know, it was creepy to the point is I almost felt like the kids were like, had the power rather than the teacher. I liked the way they did that. But then the hospital with, uh, Renata was, uh, was just amazing. Oh my God. I love her so much. Laura Dern is amazing. She is so funny. At just the way she just tears ass through that hospital, like anyone she comes in contact with, and bickering oh at the with the doctor. <laughs> so, She's oh, too man. much, man. That, she is absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that they're. But again, um, as in last season too, like this doesn't uh, what like they are spending a lot of time again on Amabella. And Gordon and her, and this is not connected to anything else. It's got to be, you know what? It's probably like your theory last week when you talked about maybe Perry and Gordon were in business together Some, or yeah. something. I feel like that's going to have to be I, either, something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like they're going to blame it on that, or it's going to be a rue, it's a red herring, or it's mm-hmm. a connection. But it's like, I like the character stuff here, and the scene is so funny. You know, and oh she- man, but Renata is so ridiculous. Like, uh, she's just she doesn't have the faintest clue of what she's doing to her daughter. She no. has no clue, and it's like how. And I, I hate to call anyone a bad parent because we all have our moments of being not the best parent that we probably could be. But I'm like, you do this all the time, lady. <laughs> I can't. Well, yeah, you see it. And uh, I mean, stop I, doing that to your poor yeah. kid. I think, but I think, I guess maybe before I had a kid, I'd be more of it. Now I think about myself, and I'm like, gosh, I probably do a million things like this that I don't right, even but realize. Then I'm if you doing, were, but... if you were mad at your wife, would you like be screaming at her no, not to ta- was... not to talk to your son? <laughs> <That> was... I mean, <laughs> and the way that they cut. When they cut the scene, you still hear her saying it. Don't talk to her. Like as the camera's pulling yes. back, like she just never She's stops. So ridiculous. Yeah, she never stops. And then they have the little Bo Peep counselor, oh, and and then <laughs> just tells them ridiculous. exactly what they should know. Right, like except for the end of the world part, which is about the climate change. But it's like that's fear of death is connected to everything. But it was just also how like. They'll avoid really talking about it and instead hire some, right? you know, some she-she lady who dresses up in a costume and your kid tells her secrets. Right. And, and, and I mean, it go, the, the lady told them the same thing. So <laughs> fucking Gordon tells her later in the scene we're going to talk about in a few minutes, but Gordon tells her the same thing later, but she still doesn't hear it. Like. She just is in her own plane. She is not on the same level the rest of us are on. She is living in some extra terrestrial. I don't, I don't know. She's somewhere extra. Which makes me think that maybe part of this connection here was maybe other events will cause her to wake up 
from that. I hope you know so. what I mean? Like, cause I like, cause I, I don't know. I just, I love the actress so much that right. anytime she's, I want to kind of root for her. And I want her to be, I, I want her to be as good a mom as she is a businesswoman. Yeah, and she true. like aspires to be that good mother, but she doesn't pay attention to what she doesn't get it. <laughs> no, no. She no. wants it to be like running a business and, Raising a child is not like running a business. And the doctor, great casting again. Great mm-hmm. casting. Wonderful. Those little roles, man. When a show does that, you know it's quality. And that guy just was like, bam. Right back at her, too. He had seen it before when she's like, you know why I want to go. It's Where was she? Where did she want to go? UCLA or something? Stanford. Or, oh, Stanford. I want to go to Stanford. You know why. It's Stanford. And he's like... Just insulting. Well, we were letting her go, so it's not like she needs to go to another hospital. Oh, God. Taking a little break here from Jenny and I's discussion to remind you to go to cufflinks.com slash DVR. That's right. Support the podcast. Support our presenting sponsor. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR. Use code SPORTS30 today. Get 30% off your order. That's right. MLB, NFL, NHL. Celebrate the recent championships and the upcoming NFL season. Get something over there at cufflinks.com slash DVR and use code SPORTS30. And use our code DVR20 as well. 20% off, no minimum, all the time, baby. Now back, the big little lies. Jane and Corey on this date. What did you think? Let's talk about the whole date, their whole encounter here up to the dancing part, which was nice. Um, What did you think of this whole situation here? It was really awkward when he was asking all the questions about the sourcing of the fish. Oh my um, God. That's a Portlandia skit, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get his premise, but like <laughs> when you're on a first date with somebody, like maybe you should have done your research before you went there if you wanted to know all How that. How about stuff. just in general? Don't go to a fucking <laughs> restaurant, dude. Like. <laughs> If you're that specific, that's what's annoying. Also, like I wondered again, like with the whole Asperger's thing that they have mentioned previously. Now I feel bad. Thanks, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Axel. (laughs) But no, I did think that. I wondered if because you know that's a thing, and it's not a thing for everyone, but it is. It's a it's a stereotype for a reason. Yeah. No. No. I think yes. Yes. The, the the particularness of it having to be a certain way. Right. Um, but I mean, it seemed a little less awkward after he explained himself to her. So then I thought, well, maybe not. He <laughs> so seems self-aware. Know. Huh? He seems self-aware. He knows. Yeah. Yes. Like he's just weird. He knows he is. And he just, he kind of has to do it. It satisfies something within him. We don't know. We don't have... We're just theorizing at this point, but I think he's playing the character well. I like the actor. And I do too. I, I, think, I think it's cute. cute together. Yeah, I think it's really cute. I think the whole thing was cute, and and the, and the thing. Oh, we're dancing now. I really, man, and she's great. I just thought that this whole little thing for a show that has had a lot of tough stuff and emotionality and continues to. I think it's nice to have these little moments, and it made me smile. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but what didn't make me smile is Mary Louise at the police station. Finally, Quinlan is on the screen. <laughs> they didn't really get a whole lot of information I out like there. I like that though. Just... That's got to be on purpose. Come on. She was, you know, I mean, 
she picked up on it. The last thing we really, the last scene we really had with Detective Quinlan was last season when that older white cop says to her, I think it was like a balding guy says like, you know, well, whatever, the case is closed. Nobody's complaining or something, you know? And then she's kind of watching them on the beat. Now she has the mother coming, you know, like. Something's going on. <laughs> you wanted more from this? I mean, I don't know. I... <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought about this because I didn't really have a whole lot of thoughts because it was one of those really short scenes. Yeah. They didn't talk about a whole lot. So, I mean, it was just, I guess, keeping her in our in our line of sight so that we remember she's still there and watching. And Mary Louise is chatting with her. So she's probably telling her all her Yep. Theories and, about and, all these women. So, yep. yeah. It's just keeping her in our memories, I guess. And it also that Mary Louise is like Tywin with the letters, you know? <laughs> she is. We're watching, we're, we're picking she's up great. on little things. Oh, she's with it. She's trying to meet the grandson, right? She's trying, she's talking to this person. She's looking at the pills. She's doing, and mm. she's got a plan. She's, researching she's developing something here and she's gonna prove that they are all wrong and they killed her husband or her husband her son her son and um i think that it was nice this scene it was quick i mean it was less than like three minutes long i think it was like two minute scene and uh, i think that's purposeful so i like that i like this thing uh, I like that they're kind of just dropping that in there. And I think that that was the episode for this, right? You drop this mm-hmm. in sneakily here and then it can bear fruit later on. There were so on. many really short scenes. Yes, there were a lot as we look through the notes, your extensive notes. Celeste at <laughs> therapy. This is where, I mean, what do you think about this? Uh, this is an interesting concept to kind of think about this idea of how you remember and the kind of, you know, it it is kind of like reveries from Westworld. Like when I said that earlier, like they would tweak them to only remember the good things. And that's what Mm -hmm. Celeste is doing to her own memories. So she's turning them into reveries. And it's, it's really, not really, but you know, it's well, <laughs> she is, she's only remembering the good stuff. She's just remembering because that's what she wants to remember. And it's understandable that that's what she wants to remember, but she still needs to deal with all the other issues that came about as a result of the relationship that she and Perry had to include the things that are going on with her sons. To, that's exactly what I was going to say. And guess what? She's not, she's spending more time watching the videos or arguing or looking at uh, a looking at a video of him and masturbating, which we see later <laughs> on. At first mm-hmm. I said to my wife, what is she doing? And then she looked at me. She's like, you know what she's doing? I was like, oh, okay. That's what she's doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you saw it in Jenny's note. Jenny confirmed two women, two women confirmed to me. This is what women do. Um, but uh, I was right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I thought um, it was interesting because you're right. That's where her focus is, right? And also Mary Louise provides a an able um, villain to this, right? An accomplice to getting her, to convincing her to forget, to convincing her that she can. She's the one who introduced this idea to her. Remember, she said, what about the good times you had? 
You know, so it's like she's falling under her spell. Um, Mm -hmm. So we talked about. uh, But then the counselor does ask her specifically if she's an addict and if if Perry is her drug, which it's that's the truth. Yeah. And she's self-harming, it looks like. Most likely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it really could have been from one of the incidents with the boys. It could have. However. (laughs) <laughs> Either way, she didn't say that. She kind of said, oh, maybe it, she mentioned the boys, I think she, she said. She said, it, I was uh, breaking up a fight yes, with the boys. Which is not really true. The kind which, of true. Yeah, right. Well, it could have been, though, too, because as much as they've been fighting, I mean, we haven't covering up for we them didn't too, see her though. breaking that up necessarily on well, we, well, no, we did. That's when. We did. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's when yep. he then Punches told her, her to fuck off and hit her in the stomach. And yes. which she doesn't tell the count. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, Yeah, she doesn't give her all that no, detail. No, she's doing it again. Now she's covering up for the kids like she did for the mm-hmm. husband. She's crafting her reality to suit, yes. you know, this whole, th- this role that she's playing. And it's, it's sad. And I, I like that. She's got a good therapist, so she'll get to the bottom of it. Um, what do we do? Uh, Oh, go calamity. Uh, we talked about Perry on the iPad with the twins. We talked about, um, the little, Uh, well, we we were, we, you were starting to go back to this, back to Jane and Corey walking after dinner and I interrupted you. No, that's okay. Cause we kind of already talked about that. He tries to kiss her and, and then she later talks about it and then they do the dance thing is later, right? That's like a second date. But they're I whole think it's little... actually the same day. It's just later when they get home. Oh, okay. Okay. But either way, that's kind of the same little plot line there. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of covered that. Um, I, I liked it. And I thought, but I thought it was also nice the way that her and Bonnie were talking. You know, I like the mm-hmm. way they have their little independent relationships. Because remember in the first season, it was like Madeline really only talked to Jane, then kind of Celeste came in, but not really Renata, you know? So I like right. the way they're showing them hanging out with each other and developing their own relationships and alliances. Um, uh, Jane and Ziggy walk to her car, and then Mary Louise pops up again. Standing there staring at the kid. And he is like creeped out. He can like sense you know? He's just staring back at her, like, "Why is this old lady staring at me?" Yep. And and then they then they basically, uh, it looks like I think the, Jane took him to school or something, right. and then they go out to coffee. Meets. Yeah. And I can't believe. I mean, this is one of those like dear Abby things, you know, like dear Abby. Should I actually sit down with this woman? You know. <laughs> and then I wonder also is is Jane doing it because she fears perhaps Mary Louise might sue for some sort of custody or like because she's in a different world, remember, right? Like with all these rich people, that that would be a fear. If I, I was just putting myself in her position for that moment and thinking that's something I would think. Like it might be out of fear that she's even talking to her. But it's also right, out of morbid interest, though, as well, and also because it is part. She wants to somehow make it right. I guess we all do, in a sense, right? Like, but I don't know. How do you feel about that? About her going ahead and meeting with Mary Louise? Yeah, like even if Mary Louise was a nice lady, okay. In this, I think it would be very difficult. Yeah, I mean it's it's so complicated. Honestly, I I know a lot. I know a lot of people who, um, I, I wasn't married 
to my my daughter's dad and that nothing to do with abuse or rape or anything else but like I was young like Jane and it was hard for me to just like let his family be a part of her life when mm-hmm. he wasn't around so like even like in that situation, it was hard. So for it to be a situation where if I were raped by that person and then to let his family into my child's life, that would be extremely difficult. So kudos to her for being strong. I think you're right that it might be a little bit of fear too, but I think she wants to just do the right thing. Yeah. And I just wonder, is it even the right thing? Like, I don't. Right. She doesn't know. know, You know, like, what would a therapist say? Like, is it like, I mean, that is his grandmother and it's some, she's already told him that he was the product of violence in some way, you know, not, I don't want to keep on saying the product of, because he exists as something within himself, but I guess that's a common parlance. But yeah, this whole episode, this whole scene, I should say is just Jane lets her have it, you know, like she just tells her the truth. Right. Because she keeps on, uh, Mary Louise keeps on talking about how, you know, well, first she's talking about how Ziggy looks so much like her other son, Raymond. And then she starts talking about, um, how she wants to be a part of Ziggy's life, like you mentioned. And Jane tells her she needs time. And then Mary Louise, goes down the low road again sweet Perry was. <laughs> and starts reminiscing <laughs> and goes into how gentle, tender and sweet. And like, you can see Jane smiling and you think, because she thinks she's going to say Raymond, because that's the person that Ziggy looks like. And she says, oh, Perry and yes. Jane's face. You could just see it in her face. She's just like, are you kidding me, lady? Like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Oh, so, God. you know, and Mary Louise is like, I just can't come to terms with this and blah, blah, blah. And Jane's like, you know, your son raped me. And as he was doing so, I screamed for him to get off. I don't think you misread that. Yeah, and- I, I love the way that both her and Celeste for that one conversation, at least. But Jane consistently is just saying these things, right? Like, you, I just, they're not beating around the bush. She's not sugarcoating. She is challenging her with what she's saying, mm-hmm. but still, goddamn Mary Louise ain't buying it. No. She's just not even listening. Well, I don't listening. mean to offend. Yeah, right, bitch. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, uh, uh, this scene was tough. It's tough. And then, ba- and then we go on to Celeste putting on makeup and they, the camera stays on the makeup so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And to me now, I'm thinking to myself, we just came from that scene. They're staying on the make. This is just very, very symbolic of co- of like covering up, you know, obviously. And just the way that that becomes more important than even the person, you know, like you're not showing Celeste, you're showing the object coming from Mary Louise. Also, basically just not even seeing Jane and what she's saying. Uh, I just thought it was a very interesting kind of cinematography there. I like that. Um, but yeah, it looks and then like at she the is. It, oh, go ahead. After the makeup and everything, they show the scene of her like in the mirror, like pulling her little jacket thing together yeah. and like looking at herself all put together in the mirror. Yeah. And uh, do you think that she is harming herself? Or is that I initially really or? did think that. Um, 
that it was probably from the stuff with the boys when she was at Dr. Amanda's office. But with this scene, yeah, I it really made me question it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, especially holding on the makeup so long, making that point. Um, now we get to this scene we talked about a little bit before where Madeline approaches Bonnie and Ed. And this is a funny little scene. I mean, not much happens, mm-hmm. um, but it was just, I love, the acting is just fantastic. Yeah. It just was, I mean, well, it was funny because Bonnie and Ed were just so easy going with each other. And Madeline's all tense and walking up, tells Bonnie she's looking better. And then it's all yeah. awkward. She just, and they keep. He's like, the, okay, bye. It's, it's very well shot, too, the way they keep it on like a tight close up of Reese Witherspoon, but the, like on a kind of wider, more relaxed, down looking mm-hmm. um, shot on Bonnie and Ed. Um, and then we get the second of Madeline and Celeste in the car, mm-hmm. which I thought was great how these these scenes kind of like – just kind of like bookend the episode. I like those. Um, and then just basically – they're just kind of having an, another little therapy heart heart, session. Yeah. yeah you know? I wish you – or I, I feel bad. I, you, I didn't know you were going through this. Oh, I wish I would have told you. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get some more fun with Renata. Um, this was amazing. <laughs> what did she say to him? Oh, she, girl said, is cray cray. She, she said, you pretend you don't smoke and you, what did she say? You pretend. I haven't had sex in two years or something like that. Hasn't got laid. I don't remember exactly. Oh, I did not write God. that down. And the, and the, and the teacher is just like in awe of what's going on, but the principal he is loving it too. This is great. Oh, man. That Medusa principal. of Monterey. <laughs> and then he says, I got a spot where the kids can't fucking see us smoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get a, just a quick scene of Renata at Madeline's realty office. And again, this was just super funny because when they see Mary Louise and they're walking away and Renata's just like, what the hell's wrong with her? <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, just... They're both on a rampage, man. I'm telling you, I really could go for just like a 15 minute scene of those two just like dissing people while they walk by, <laughs> you know, like a Billy on the street or something. I don't know. They're just like making fun of people because that, that, though, this like kind of, I guess these two scenes and then the hospital is just really, really funny. Uh, then we had a scene with, with Jane and Bonnie on the beach. We talked about that. But then there's this part where um, where Bonnie says to Jane, you know, you should tell him about your past. And then she says, oh, I realize I'm being a hypocrite. Nathan knows nothing about my past. But the way she says it, it's it's like it's it's almost – I don't know. I found it to be a little creepy. Yeah. I mean we're still hanging on – the little bits from last week yeah. with the voodoo looking stuff yes. and, and the things her mom was talking to her about uh-huh. the visions and whatever. And while we see that Bonnie is doing so much better this episode, was it, you know, as a result of, you know, her mm. unburdening, unburdening herself to her mother, like you had mentioned, or is it something else? Did they do some voodoo again? Yeah. I, I I really don't know. She she did say, though, that Nathan knows nothing about her past. And I just thought it was like, and her mom hinted, what did you do again? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you know, what kind of voodoo you do when you do your voodoo. Right. 
Um, then we get this awesome, so well, this awesome, oh my God. Now, you know, I've talked a little bit before about my weird hobbies, uh, on the shows, uh, Jenny, and you know, I am a model builder and I used to be into Lego and stuff. So I didn't get a chance to see this train table that Gordon has last time. It looked a little bit like silver spoons to me. Uh, but I got a chance to see it this time. And all I can say is there's people kayaking there's a waterfall. I mean, I I couldn't even I don't even know what happened in the scene because I want this train table so badly <laughs> and I want to put Gundam in it and they're battling and then I want a like it like morphs into a Lego section and then the Lego train <laughs> can go into that train. I was so excited by it, but basically I kind of liked Gordon more after this episode. Um, and you made, you had wrote in the notes about kind of like the shaky camera. This was shot more edgy and they've done this before because it's like just, they're amplifying the tense conversation and, and the dissonance between the two people. Um, and I kind of liked it. I, I like when they do this, they did this a little bit when Ed finds out, um, last episode, it, the camera got a little shakier uh, mm-hmm. when they're talking. So yeah, I like this. It does. It does give you kind of a like you said a drunk stoned feeling. I think the unusual music he had blasting when yes, she came added in to added it. to it as yep, well. Definitely, and that was on purpose too. It was like a dissonant feeling, right? And that mm-hmm. music was a little bit um, weird and like unnatural with the kind of music you hear on this show. Uh, and also I just want to mention, as you're mentioning music, still music is not as big a part of this show as it was last season. I just want to point that out. I'm not, I'm not totally missing it. Um, but I am a little bit like, I do miss it some because I really enjoyed the music last season. Not as much this season. Definitely not. Um, and the whole scene, well, the scene they have, she keeps telling them to sell your fucking toys, which kind of annoyed me. And I was like, can you sell it all to me? But I don't have that much money. Could, <laughs> so could just, I, I couldn't even fit that thing in my house. It would take up like half my house. Um, but I kind of thought that Gordon was trying to reach her here. What'd you, what do you think? I was glad he wasn't pounding the whiskey. Yeah. Because, uh, yes, he was trying to reach her. Yeah. I mean, he he talks to her about how she had bridges or bridges walls put up before it took him forever to get them down. And over the last year or so she has been physically present, but she has not been there for them for, and that Amabella can feel it. And then Renata's like, did she tell you that? He's like, I'm your fucking (laughs) husband. I'm telling you that. that Then she just is again, sell your fucking toys and leaves. But, uh, He's trying to communicate to her similarly as what the weird Bo Peep lady communicated earlier that this stress going on, definitely, whatever it is, like her stress, we're not meaning Renata's stress from you know the stuff with the Monterey Five and the stress with Gordon and, and his financial situation. It's and their their stress between each other. It's all putting stress on Amabella, and he's trying to make her see that she's not seeing it. Yeah, I liked it, and I liked that they we're getting a little another side of him. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Now we get the assembly. Uh, this whole thing was amazing 
from the principal, everyone, the where people were seated, the way it was shot, the principal's acting. Reese Witherspoon was amazing. The way the parents were just yelling like a bunch of animals at him. It was hilarious. I loved it. Ed's like checking his phone in the back. I just thought that Madeline's spinning out of control like you have here in your notes. And he just chose the right person because she took all the heat. <laughs> like she just like she changed. Nobody's the tone remembering of that. that the kids had a problem yep. with what was going on in the uh, curriculum. That that was Emmy. That was some Emmy stuff. This this uh, speech she gives. I I mean, she was all over the place, but the like emotions were there. She was, she was there. off in left field. <laughs> what was she talking about? The kids, some are children. Some, you know? some book and. <laughs> Or some song or rhyme. I didn't know that song or rhyme or book or whatever she was talking about. I was like, okay, if you say so. What was it again? When she was like, there was this, I I don't remember what she said, but the thing that she's like quoting from, and she's like, and it makes us realize that we should be telling our kids the truth, the whole truth, all of it. Oh, I don't remember what she was mentioning because, oh, it was something funny too. But it was like a book or a song or something Yes, Uh, that I was like i've never read heard or i have i have i remember that i had and i i had some connection to it but now i can't remember what it was we apologize listeners (laughs) sorry i didn't mark it down in my notes because it was something kind of pop culturally relevant it was kind of fun um i but i can't remember now what she was making reference to but it was just great. And it was one of those meltdowns. And she's done those in films before. She does it very well. Like, everybody look at me. And then she's going to say just something crazy. Um, that was kind of like the basis of Legally Blonde, wasn't it? Uh, but then she got him in the end with the emotion. And the best part, which I thought was really cool, was how Celeste yells at Ed when he didn't do anything. He's like, she's like, you didn't even go up and help your wife. I was like, go, you go girl. Like, that's what I want to see. I like that. I was glad she said something to him too. Um, but he just blew her off. Yeah. Oh, Oh, what did he, he said, we should get coffee and you should tell me more things that I don't know about. Yeah. That's inter- was that maybe making reference to the that coffee with Bonnie? That was another dig Bonnie, to the, having coffee with Bonnie because yeah. at the end of the conversation with Bonnie, Ed was like, oh, I should do that and then piss both you and Nathan off because basically like he should have an affair with Bonnie. So like he's saying if you went to have coffee with Celeste, basically. You know, yeah. I wouldn't put it past. Just, I, I have just to say. fucking with his wife. But I don't know. You know, I wouldn't put it past Ed to make a pass at Bonnie at some point. I got to say. He's he's kind of the type. He might give it a shot. What do you think? Uh, if you say so, you're a man, so you probably know better than I do. <laughs> I think he might. I think, I think we might he'd be see shut that. down pretty fucking quick. Oh, I know he would be, but I think he still <laughs> might do it. Um, just in kind of uh, manning up to Nathan in a way, you know, like he gets it in his head. Um, I mean, I guess I could see it, but yeah. He seems very timid most of the time. He's this little bit we've seen this episode. Uh, he's he's been a different person. He, he's he been pretty timid before this. True. Uh, we get a little Madeline and Abigail on the beach. Um, just talking about is Ed leaving? Doesn't know. He hasn't packed anything yet, which I thought was a little interesting that they waited this long in the episode to kind of say that. 
Um, I almost feel like this scene could have been put earlier if they just didn't mention the high school, the speech, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mean, not the high school, but the school. Um, but that's interesting that, you know, he said they were done, but they're not done. So he's still kind of, they just kind of making reference to that. Um, and then we get kind of, we're wrapping up the episode. Celeste returns home to find Mary Louise rummaging through her medications. Oh, that would have set me mm-hmm. off. She's gathering more evidence. That's what she's doing. That is exactly what she's doing. And Mind fi- your business, lady. Mind your business. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Yes. Uh, if you watch The Bachelor. Do you watch The Bachelorette? No, but oh, I know that man, term. You should. Oh, well, they've <laughs> been saying that's like the that's like the, the, the drinking game on The Bachelor now. Her telling <laughs> everyone to stay in their lane, The Bachelorette. I love it. Um she says she's pointing out about the medication because remember they had the, the of course the car accident, right? Um right. and also in a sense, I think she was kind of making reference to maybe her memories of Perry, right? And her ability to recall, perhaps her ability to parent these kids. I think Mary Louise is making a run at the kids okay. in some way. Could be. You know, maybe all that of would them. Would not surprise me. Right? Like Same maybe. The twins. Yep. Maybe the twins and uh, what's his name? Ziggy. Ziggy. Yeah. Z- Ziggy and the twins. <laughs> um, it's not Benny and the Jets. <laughs> I was a Jet fan. I like that. Uh, we had the, we already talked about the slow dance that turned in the hug, turned into a dance. That was so cute. And it really was. It was It was sweet. You didn't see that a lot on this show. Um, and then we have the kind of ending montage here, which by the way, caught me off guard that the show was ending. I thought that this was gearing us up into one final scene. I was really shocked that it was so short too. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I was surprised. Over? Credits? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> really surprised. But it was a nice little montage. We get mm-hmm. the dancing. We get Celeste watching the video of Perry, Renata fiddling around, Madeline remembering uh, the play guy, the director Joseph and the accident, then Ed, Bonnie walking into the ocean again, Bonnie walking into the ocean, her mother carrying her. And then we end with Celeste masturbating to the video of Perry, as you put in the notes. Jane dancing and crying. Celeste again. She she really it's like so it, the, and but I have to say the masturbation was very it was intense. It was like it reminded in a sense. That's why I had to say, well, like, what is she doing? Because it looks she was in pain. You know. Now I know that that can look like that. I'm not. I've had sex before okay but i'm just saying that the way it was acted i think it was supposed to be reminiscent of their sexual uh relationship and the violence inherent in it quite possibly okay or that could just be her o face that's (laughs) that's that's true too that's true too you know hey but we'll go with the higher meaning. We'll go with the higher meaning. Nicer. We are on a podcast, right? We're yeah. digging in. And that's it. That's the episode. Um, like a, we've been talking about, I mean, as we go through, there was a lot to find. I think that we've ho- hopefully uncovered some more gems here and uh, broadened everyone's understanding of the episode. But again, a one, uh, just a wonderful show to watch. The acting was spectacular. 
And everybody better watch out for Mary Louise, yo, because I think that she's about to, you know? So I think that title, just to say, like, because I was trying to, before we started recording, think of, like, things that tied this, the the bits of this episode together. And I think the title, again, um, maybe ties it together. And that's probably why they chose it. The End of the World. I mean, it literally is brought up in the whole thing with Amabella. But, like, I think that we're starting to see like the end of the world as they know it, not to be quoting that lyric from, but anyway, uh, now the song's running through my head. Um, Me too. But the end of the world <laughs> as these women know it, because something is coming and it's yeah. Mary Louise and it's, it's Bonnie's mom. And you know, it's these, all these things are coming and their, their worlds that they know currently are coming to, to an end of sorts. I agree. It's the end of the world as they know it, and Bonnie feels fine. <laughs> and why, right? That makes you think, why? Yeah, yeah something's coming yeah. here. We're getting re- next episode. I did not watch any preview. I never do, but I think something's coming here. If not next step, I mean, in this season, it's gearing up. Um, I do think, yeah, that Bonnie has unburdened herself in some way or taken part. In, I don't know. Maybe it was some ritual. I think ritual. you're very likely right. Um, and, uh, Mary Louise is after them and we're going to see that detective she's coming back. Who knows? Maybe the principal, maybe, the, maybe we'll get a replay of everyone being interviewed again. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. If we actually got to hear what they all said, cause yeah. we still haven't really heard what they or, said. Or no, or if they're brought back, you know what I mean? Oh, like a new round new of it. Yeah. Like new interviews. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of interesting um, cinematically to see if they could format that back into the show, kind of making it a circle. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find us at DVRpodcast.com. You can also become a member of our Facebook page, DVR Podcast. We talk about daily DVR, talk about a whole bunch of other stuff over there. Check us out. What is it? DVR? What is it? Daily DVR. That's what it is. It's not DVR podcast. Daily DVR. And I want to also give a shout out to Priscilla, who continues to give us some awesome comments on the Facebook. Go over and read those. We always have a nice discussion. Uh, Jenny, is there anything else you wanted to say before we go? Nope. Just look forward to seeing the next, next episode and talking to you guys again in a week. Fantastic. Peace out, everybody.